Just to be on the safe side. Testing one, two, three. Longer bars than I thought. <laughs> I know, a bar is. So, BBC and quotas. Yeah. So, probably should open that back in. Yeah. We can put a jingle in between. <laughs> so, quotas. quotas. BBC. Both. The fact, the fact that women had to be on BBC shows now. Yes. And yeah, I mean, I think it can only be a good thing, right? I think, as as I was saying, like as we're transitioning from a point where women comedians are the exception to becoming, hopefully, the rule, it makes sense for that something like a quota to kind of bridge the gap to make sure that their voice is still out there. It's a useful skill, yeah. A useful tool, not skill. More, more a tool than a skill, <laughs> I would say, yeah. Um, Skillful. <laughs> yeah, and it's really, you know, it's interesting. I think it's, you get used to having, as you say, a token woman on a panel. I, um, it's a really good episode of The Unbelievable Truth, the uh, David Mitchell yeah, yeah. panel the show, uh, you know, Truths and Lies and all that stuff, which is an all-woman panel. And, you know, I, they obviously made it, and one of those women being Victoria Corrin Mitchell, which obviously leads to um, mass hilarity. Um, but, yeah, and, and you know, that it's, it's very much a thing. Like, it is obvious that that is unusual, and they comment on it. But it's really worth listening to, because, it, A, it's just really fucking funny. Um, but, B, it is, it is an interesting insight into kind of how unusual that is yeah, to I, have I, all four people I have to say even just the other day when I was watching um, the big fat quiz of the year or the big fat quiz of everything or whatever it is wait um, isn't that released around New Year's but they've been doing episodes recently where they come out all the time why the hell are you listening I anyway, can't yeah. get enough of that because I think it's a really fun show but on on a few of the recent episodes I was just thinking about who was on it and just being like oh, um, I want to say Rick Ross but it's not that uh, clearly not Rick Ross <laughs> Not Rick Ross. Jonathan um, Ross. Jonathan Ross. <laughs> Rick Ross. They're often confused. Rick, uh, Very similar. Jonathan Ross. He's not even a comedian. He's a talk show person. And just thinking, like, I could, com- I could replace you with so many different female comedians. I thought you were just going to end that sentence with, I could replace you. <laughs> Steady on, Nance. Couple of open mics and suddenly you're, uh, you're hosting the big fat quiz of the year. Yeah. Or indeed the Big Fat Quiz of the Month. What are they even calling it now? <laughs> big, fat, big Fat Quiz of Everything. Well, that's a get-out clause if ever I've heard one. The year is much better, but let's yeah, not agreed. go into that. Um, but yeah, and I mean, I think that show and others as well, um, your kind of, uh, even like your Would I Lie to You, which is actually a show I really rate, are quite guilty of putting women in who are just like celebrity women rather yeah. than like funny women. I mean... Yeah. Not that the two are necessarily uh, unrelated, yeah, but yeah. they're clearly, you know, sometimes... But you're putting, against, you're putting them against professional comedians, uh, professional male comedians, and saying, OK, try and compete with this. That's not, that's not fair. And I think they only ever end up being butts of jokes because of that yeah, exact reason. Exactly. And it's like, you know, often with, like, sexual undertones, <laughs> frankly, um, yeah. particularly as, you know, you know, female celebrities tend to be... Oversexualized, yeah. Exactly, exactly that. Um, and yeah, so I think that, that can also be problematic. And I guess that's a way that, like, quotas, it is difficult because either you're, you know, 
calling up the same bankable female comedians over and over again, which doesn't say there aren't more out there, but they're the ones that are kind of proven in a male-dominated, you know, yeah. media environment. Or you're, yeah, calling in women who aren't, you know, they're not paid to be funny, that's not what they do, and therefore they're kind of, they do feel tokenistic. Yeah. Because they're sort of sitting there looking pretty and, yeah, maybe being the butt of those jokes. On the flip side, they're being put into a group of people that you can't compete with. Mindy Kaling, another quote here for you, was talking about, <laughs> I fucking love a quote. Fantastic. Um, but she was saying, like, I, she never wants to be called the best Indian female comic ever because she feels like she could go head to head with the other white male comedians. Uh, why would she want to be in a field that she? Um, why would she want to be in a smaller field that she feels she compete with? Um, which is the flip side of uh, being a someone who maybe should be put into a field where they can't compete. But, um, Agreed. I mean, it's got be people honest. level begging fields. Comedians are comedians. Why not? True that. I mean, speaking as someone who rarely wins things, I'd want to narrow my field <laughs> as, as much, much as, as possible. possible. I mean, <laughs> if I could count all female comedians out of the equation, I'd be very happy. That would make things that much easier, easier for me. Yeah. Uh, not just female comedians, just all comedians. I mean, yeah. I mean, if it was person. just like me yeah. and then some other guy <laughs> who just wasn't funny at all. Some other guy just walked down and was yeah, like, yeah. hey! Basically, like the Jokes, next person eh? who walks down the street, yeah. uh, that would be that would be yeah. ideal. You'd and then be, I win, like you know, I win well the like Perrier or whatever yeah. that is these days. Yeah, it's like cool. the Foster's Comedy <laughs> Award or something. Whoever's fucking sponsoring that these days. Uh, don't don't give them the don't give them the airplay. Dream big, dream yeah, big, dream big, dream big. Um, back to Schumer very quickly. Schumer. So. I have seen very little of her stand-up. Stand up. Oh, really? I've seen a few of her sketches. I've really enjoyed them. Oh, um, I prefer her stand-up. Well, there you go then. Carry I on. clearly need to be educated. But I read a really interesting interview with her in The Guardian last weekend. Oh, that's what um, I That was... <laughs> yeah. Nancy's now realising what I scribbled down in my notebook while she was in the toilet. Um, so yeah, uh, and it was just really interesting. It was talking about her book, which is just brought out, or is just bringing oh, really? out, okay. which is all about her kind of, it's kind of about her upbringing and also like getting into comedy. But it, And from what I've read from the interview and an extract from it, like it talks quite frankly about her like struggles with mental health and her... Mm like eating disorders and things like this and like really like quite a fascinating insight and it seems yeah it seems like it, it seems to me like she gets a lot of shit basically yeah without putting too fine a point on it and that she is hated by idiots and misogynists for being a woman who's funny and on the stage and hate not hated but criticised by feminists and women who don't think she goes far enough mm. as this really interesting thing recently with a, a colleague of hers who had made some quite not only offensive but also quite bad jokes about rape which is exactly the wrong kind of rape joke in my opinion mm. um, and she kind of she kind of called him out a bit on Twitter but not enough as far as some people were concerned and, and that, that, that yeah, she got a lot of kind of 
a lot of backlash from that and it just feels like sometimes you can't win you well, know? I guess in some ways that's exactly what I was saying about Catherine Ryan earlier it's like Catherine Ryan's doing all these wonderful things for um, promoting w- feminism promoting funny women uh, and yet even I can say that I'm not impressed enough of what she's doing like I'm saying sometimes she's standing there and I'm like oh no I want you to be doing it in a slight different way because you don't fit what I am and and no way is she responsible for that she's not responsible for making who I am as a person but the same thing with Amy Schumer like I feel like Amy Schumer I can identify with more in her character I feel like her persona to me is more relatable um, because she's a lot more crass in lots of ways and Maybe I'm not that crass, but I feel I mean, like... you're a pretty crass guy. Oh, I mean, internally, internally crass jokes non-stop. But um, I guess that's it. It's like you can't please every audience. And the bigger you get, the more famous you get, the more backlash you will get with it. Like, Catherine Ryan is... I don't know what her American audience is like, but if she feel, I feel like she appeals more to our British audience, whereas Amy Shea appeals more to the American audience, which is larger. Is she Canadian, Catherine? Though? She is a Canadian. But I mean, they love Canadians in America. But she, but can, uh, Catherine um, Ryan lives in the UK. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, and one of those interesting breed of North American comedians who end up over here yeah. for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Like, you know, is it, is it that people like Catherine Ryan, Amy Schumer are trailblazers for feminism in comedy because? they are women and not because of the content of their you know of their acts and not, not to say it's you know their their content is completely off off point but you know they're not yeah they're not necessarily massively radical they're not getting on their soapbox yeah they're talking about yeah they're talking about sex they're talking about you know celebrities they're talking about shit that you know we all can relate to yeah but they're not sitting there and going on a kind of feminist diatribe and I feel um, like that's what needs to happen like that, that's to, to, to transform our uh, transform it from being just this yeah like you say political act this political change to being actually just this is what's normal now like yeah no I, I yeah I couldn't agree more I couldn't agree more but I, I think what's interesting for me is that actually I see now on the UK comedy scene that some of our most political comedians are women but they're not talking about women's politics. Yeah. Like, you look at people like Bridget Christie or Josie Long. Um, I could go on. I can't. Oh, I drew a blank. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, and they're actually really, like, brilliantly political in a way that is, you know, entirely unrelated mm. to gender politics or, or feminism. And, of course, you know, they are feminist but it, it's not and I mean as so, you'd hope most of our I mean as you almost anyone would be <laughs> anyone who cares about gender equality is well you know what about International Men's Day Nancy ah oh, that day I yeah, mean you know it exists right yeah. that's the beauty it's on like November the 8th White Man's Month as well whatever it is White Man's Month I don't know about that but actually no International Men's Day is actually quite a good that's about men's health it's actually a good event yeah yeah it's good yeah no 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 but it is it's great or get involved International Men's Day yeah yeah but I mean that's the beauty is that people question it without ever actually looking into it themselves because it's so reactionary right yeah but yeah I mean and someone like Bridget Christie who she you know she started out being very gender political talking about feminism uh, the, the, was her book a book for her I think 
there was like basically the um, the jumping off point was this pen for her. Oh yeah, the big the big pen for her. Put out. Oh, there's so many like jokes about that. With yeah, a yeah. Nice it just Soft was big grit. For, yeah. Oh. It had. Never, there's uh, so many. I'm envisaging feathers on top of it or something. It's or literally just a pen some that's Diamantes. pink. It's literally like oh. I've got a pen in front of me right now. That's and almost it's exact same but pink. That's almost disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I mean, that was like almost her sort of breakout show, I suppose. And but now you know, now she's just got a really outspoken show about Brexit and like the kind of everything that's coming with that. And it's interesting that she's sort of transcended that gender politics and is now, you know, able to be accepted as just a mainstream political comedian. Yeah. In a way that men have been for decades. <laughs> so long. So long. So long. If anything, I should have got into the game before everything was so balanced <laughs> gender-wise. You made a had mistake much more of an edge. You could have gone Why am I getting in in this new age of enlightenment? Like just get, not even that long ago, how you I had time. Literally five years ago. <laughs> you would have been there. Still when people were saying, I don't think women are funny. So oppressed. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been ideal time for me to Why strike. try and why try and like compete with Might as well give up. Like, oh, that open mic night. It'll be me and nine women. Uh, and they'll, you know, bring the house down. Muggins here. Muggins here. We'll be doing to. his, you know. <laughs> white male privilege routine <laughs> will go down like a ton of oh, fucking bricks I hope all your oh, I can't get my iPad head. to sync to my iPhone photos <laughs> ah, yeah. I can't show you my holiday snaps on the big screen because doesn't sync properly <laughs> oh, hello that was a glasses being collected there for you uh, at home drinks drinks are just like you're really here in the thick of it there's you know what there's one more there's one more kind of comedian I'd like to mention but the thing is I can't actually remember the name of her of her I can't of remember her. I don't know what her Do name is you want to just describe her and see if um, we can get there there's together there's a film called Obvious Child yes oh what's her name I know who you what mean what's her name oh she's right, great yeah yeah she's really good I'm getting this up um, oh shit man yeah I watched that not long ago actually yes because it was it was all about a female comedian um and her yes, name. it was, and it was very like it reminded me a bit of like Louis Jenny or, Slate, um, right? Yeah. Jenny Slate, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It had that like uh, Louis or like Master of None vibe, where it was kind of it tied was, together it, yeah. by her stand-up, yeah. and there were like vignettes that kind of were off the back of those, but in a more coherent narrative than, than those shows. But um, but yeah, that film really like touched me in some way because it was like I I don't know because I think it was such a loose plot line really the story to it was thin there wasn't too many layers to it it was just this one narrative running through it but I think also it was like her being a comedian going through this process um, and I also thought about the fact that her as an actress becoming a comedian for the whole shoot of it being really interesting as well but she kind of ends it with this kind of on stage thing about um, and you kind of see this one set of her being a comedian um, and I guess really that kind of came, brought to me the idea of like presenting your honesty on stage um, yeah. and for a lot of people at the moment being a woman walking on stage the first thing you've got to address for some well maybe not so much now but certainly certainly in the last decade is that you have to address that you're a woman on stage yeah it's the elephant in the room for sure yeah. um, no I completely agree I think that's that's something you can't avoid yeah and you kind of I think you set the tone early on as well you know either 
either you recognise that and you make a joke yeah. but he's kind of coming at it from a woman's perspective or you make a joke that kind of cuts across that and, and, and then you sort of you've kind of played your hand you've done it you can move away from it now yeah absolutely um, but yeah it was a good movie I mean if I remember correctly like she in the in the film was quite uh, her stand-up was quite focused on women's issues is that fair to say as, as, it is a while ago now I've watched it, I would say that she, yeah I think it was um, she, so she the plotline basically is that she meets a guy she gets pregnant um She's not so interested in pursuing a relationship with them, but she's not quite sure how to deal with the situation, this newfound pregnancy. Um, but she knows that she's not ready to keep a child, so the obvious decision is to abort the child. But, so the, the whole, the whole, it's a really an abortion tale, but it's... Um, My favourite kind of tale. Oh, isn't it our all? The never-ending story. <laughs> the abortion tale. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's kind of it. But and actually, I guess that's quite a personal story in lots of ways um, for many women in the world to touch on a nice deep note there. But yeah, certainly, I felt it was. I felt I felt like it was dealt with in a way that actually let you allow you allowed you time to kind of enjoy the comedy and uh, the deeper issues behind it. And I mean, in film, like more generally, you know, I feel in the last, even in the last few years, it's become much more normal to see a female-driven narrative, and one that it's, you know, it's incidental that that person is a woman, rather than the focal point of the story, which it would normally be. I mean, Um, yeah, um, it's definitely become more positive, like I, I was saying to you before about Kristen Wiig's quote about um, male and female comedy and saying that uh, basically Kristen Wiig is looking for the time when uh, comedy could be defined not by male or female and just be called comedy um, because you always hear about those films like oh this is a real bro bro brother film or I feel like I said that really wrong, but like a bros film or Bro, yeah. sister film or yeah, whatever sure. film. And your hangovers versus your bridesmaids. Exactly. And your why can't why can't they be interlinked? Because like you know, I found maybe not everyone feels the same, but I found hangover and bridesmaids funny, like different elements, different yeah, places where yeah. I found the humour from it. But and actually, I mean, you know what? I've not seen it and. Um, apologise in advance if it's fucking a travesty but there's a movie being advertised at the moment called Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates I've right? heard of that yeah. and it's actually you know it's got two leading men two leading women and it's about some kind of slightly chance of blokes who want to find some dates for a wedding and they get these two women who turn out to be much more than they bargained for and actually kind of you know out party them or whatever nice. you want to call it and and actually that made me think like okay you know it's not going to be you know changing anything that dramatically in the long kind of view of things but just the fact that you've got a film with two men and two women who are kind of potentially romantically linked but also on an even keel and also able to kind of misbehave to a similar or indeed in the women's case a higher level yeah this kind of speaks volumes because I think even yeah even five years ago that wouldn't have happened right well 
I suppose really I, I, I should ask you more about what you're going to do next and how you've been preparing for your October gig. Well, funny you should say that. Uh, because this notebook's about filled. I mean, this, <laughs> notebook, <laughs> this notebook didn't buy itself. It's kind this of notebook, uh, for everyone else, is, is like tiny, by the way. It's not, tiny? It's, it's a good it's, size. It's a pocket, it's a pocket notebook. Oscar Wilde like, mine lived is, off mine notebooks Mine is A5. This size. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yours is a lot bigger than mine, but that's, you know. I, to, I take this shit seriously. Clearly, clearly. So I went to sign up um, for a course in it. I thought... Uh, I thought maybe in response to this question I could just read you out a random selection of things that I've like noted down. Like a bit of my Yeah, bit of my stand up basically. Love it. Um, so <laughs> Okay, I've just chanced upon this one, but I do find it quite <laughs> Oh, you already laughed at it. I know, I, mean, I think it's funny. So <laughs> you find it funny. Um, so you know how mallards they the ducks. ducks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, mallards breed of duck. They exclusively mate through gangway. Right. Whoa. I mean, like frogs. Whoa, what frogs do that as well? I don't know if they exclusively do that. <laughs> <laughs> we just saw one frog gangway. That doesn't mean they all do it. it um, so, you know, <laughs> sorry, this isn't great because it's obviously a note form, but, well, you know, should we have some sort of just say no campaign for ducks? <laughs> am I right? Wait, it gets better. Are you going um, to say, am I right at the end of it? Oh, everything? yeah, I'm going to say, am I right at the end of everything? <laughs> Nothing says comedy like, am I right? <laughs> Question mark. Oh, I hope you do. Crowds love it. I mean, I might do that ironically. Um, Am I right? But you know, how can how can ducks even be raping each other? Like, is there such a thing as consent for ducks? I don't know. Like, how, would it how work? much? Also, fun duck fact. So, female mallards have evolved due to this constant gang rape which apparently is a thing okay and they they're not consenting to to have labyrinthian vaginas so okay it's, what it's does that even mean exactly right <laughs> I shall tell you now, here's hoping my style up will be a dialogue between me and me. it's good to have some sort of riff off um, no so basically it's like a kind of corkscrew and there's kind of lots of twists and turns within the vagina itself my goodness but here's where it really gets mind blowing almost literally so male mallards, as a genetic reaction to this, have evolved explosive erections. So their their erection is technically explosive. The way it's so fast that it literally is like a bullet from a gun. What? That means surely it kills the bird. No, I think it just plows straight through that labyrinth. <laughs> plows straight through to pleasure. That town. minotaur's got nothing on that. Explosive erection. I mean, I'm not, even sure, I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure where my punchline is. Though. I, I just feel I like people know. need to know these facts. <laughs> I don't. That, I, I think mean, that's your punchline. I think that's your punchline. Just like I think you needed to know that. <laughs> there is fact. no punchline. You just needed to know. <laughs> you just needed to know that. Um, um, we have. I feel like we're about to run out of time on that brilliant note. Um, and yet, 